Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to the journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and have the privilege each and every week of of bringing you this show with some of our fantastic presenters and. It's the fourth Sunday of Easter, and we've got a great show lined up from you. We're going to be hearing from a whole bunch of people who are just fantastic and, and uh, speak great life into the works of the church and encouragement for disciples. We'll be hearing from Hugh Warmanhoven from Alpha Australia. He's going to talk to us about their new Life Essentials series. Mother Hilda Scott is with us, as is always the case. We're going to be continuing as well, which is, uh, which is really exciting. Part two of our interview with Father James Mallon, who is the author of, of Divine Renovation. That's a conversation we were able to have with him at the recent Divine Renovation Australasian conference that was held in Sydney. But as is always the case, we're going to kick off with, uh, with our gospel reflection for this week, which is from John 10, 1 to 10, I am the gate of the sheepfold. We're going to hear that gospel proclaimed by Max Norden, and then we're going to be having a gospel reflection from Father Mike Delaney on what is traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday. Lots and lots of great music too right throughout the show. We'll, uh, we'll be hearing from Keith and Kristen Getty straight after we hear from the wonderful Father Mike. And we better get into it because we've got so much to get through in this week's show. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and so pleased you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate but gets in some other way is a thief and a brigand. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets him in. The sheep hear his voice. One by one he calls his own sheep and leads them out. When he has brought out his flock he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow because they know his voice. They never follow a stranger, but run away from him. They do not recognise the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they failed to understand what he meant by telling it to them. So Jesus spoke to them again. I tell you most solemnly, I am the gate of the sheepfold. All others who have come are thieves and brigands. But the sheep took no notice of them. I am the gate. Anyone who enters through me will be safe. He will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel Reflection with Father Mike Delaney. The fourth Sunday of Easter is traditionally known as Good Shepherd Sunday. In the past seven years, we've heard Pope Francis say to all bishops and clergy, don't believe to every Christian disciple, that we're called to have the smell of the sheep about us. In keeping with my theme of using the letters of the word Easter to form the basis of my weekly message, the letter today is S. This letter figures prominently in our reading from the Gospel of John, as we hear Jesus say to us, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets him in. The sheep hear his voice. One by one he calls his own sheep and leads them out. When he has brought out his flock, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow because they know his voice. During this rather difficult time, with I suspect even more difficult times ahead, we will hear many voices which will be calling us this way and that and we'll be challenged to make some responses. But how do we know which response to make? It will depend greatly on whether we recognise the voice of the shepherd or not. 
If we think about how we recognize the voices of family and friends, it's because we hear them regularly and they become familiar. So how do we grow to recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd? I'm not meaning to be facetious as I say this, but we have to learn to listen to him. And that means sometimes our prayer really does have to be the prayer of being silent in the presence of our God. To be able to say with the young Samuel, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If we are to hear the call of the Good Shepherd, we need to make time and space so that we might have life and have it to the full. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I heard recently about a pastor. I'm not going to give away the religious denomination. This is generic. Anyway, he was giving a particularly important sermon, one he laboured over and given a lot of attention to. He was just at the pivotal point, the crunch, when someone's mobile phone went off. The pastor was ropeable and denounced the man, let's call him Jack, then and there, on the spot, in the fiercest of terms, for not having the sensitivity to turn the thing off when he came into the church. The result was that the man felt so humiliated, he got up and left the church. When Jack got home, he told his wife what had happened, and instead of siding with him, she sided with the pastor and agreed that it had been a silly thing to leave his mobile phone switched on in church. Poor Jack was now at fury point. How could no one see it was an accident? He didn't mean it. He wasn't being disrespectful. He didn't have it in for the pastor. He'd gone to church with every good intention. His wife's response was the last straw, so he headed for the pub. He told one of his mates, and his mate, reinforce the pastor and his wife. In a state of utter frustration, he ordered his beer. However, in one swift move of his arm, he managed to knock the glass full of beer onto the floor. Glass shattered everywhere, and you know what that's like. The beer went everywhere. It was a complete mess. The cleaner came running and cleaned it all up and our poor beleaguered Jack looked up at the woman behind the bar. Before he could utter a word, she said, That's bad luck, Jack. Here, have another one. And she poured him another glass of beer. He apologised and went to pay. She stopped him with a broad grin. No payment, Jack. It was an accident. Could have happened to anyone. Now you go over there, sit down and relax. On that Sunday, whose voice do you think Jack heard? Who poured balm on his hurting heart? Who brought the compassionate voice of God into his life? Who, by their words, let Jack know he was understood? It's worth thinking about. Whose voice do you listen to? And when you speak, who listens to you? And what is it about the way you speak that enables people to listen? While you're at it, have a listen to the voice of God this week. You might get a surprise where it comes from. It might even come from the bartender. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. A little piece that she called Accidents Happen. Great little story. Included a mobile phone going off just at the wrong time. That's happened to me at some terrible times. It's so embarrassing, isn't it? But as is always the case, Mother Hilda points to a lesson about listening and listening to the voice of God this week. After the break, we're going to be continuing our interview, part two of our interview over last week and this week with Father James Mallon. He's the author of Divine Renovation. He's got such a heart for renewal and evangelization, has through a whole lot of trial and error 
and listening to the voice of the Spirit implemented some fantastic things that have transformed parishes in his own context and offered that via this book for helping other parishes around the world to do the same at a moment in time when lots of parishes are, are looking to embrace good leadership, the power of the kerygma, or the basic gospel as we call it. And so it's great to be able to break open with him in the rest of this interview some of the basic tools that are available to parishes and communities that really want to be obedient to, to going and making disciples. That's after the break. First up, though, here's Chris Tomlin and the song Thank You, Lord. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a porch swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs then that's all I need to get down on my knees And be thankful for all that he's done For my mama, for my friends For your love that never ends For the songs that make us dance On this old dirt floor For my babies, for my girls times, for lighting the way in the dark times, for pulling me in, for giving again, the times that I took it too far, I gotta thank you for keeping me humble, for picking me up when I stumble, and although I change, you stay the same, and I don't say thank you enough, for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor, for my babies, for my girl, for the way they change my world. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise up, eyes closed. One thing I know. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness In my frailty 
Lord, I find your strength. I'm depending on a love that won't let go. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Oh, you are my. Trust you.
Welcome back to The Journey, and we are about to launch into part two of the interview that we're able to get with Father James Mallon at the recent Divine Renovation Australasian Conference. Hopefully you heard part one of the interview last week. If you didn't, don't forget, you can go to jcr.org.au. You can check that out there and all of the content from this program, including this interview too. Father James, I met a guy in, uh, at the, the Alpha Conference in London a few years ago, Australian guy from a different church to my own. Catholic Church, and uh, one of the people from Alpha introduced me to him and said, that guy there, he funds a fair chunk of the work of what happens in promoting Alpha in the Catholic Church and resourcing Alpha in the Catholic Church in Australia. And I was just going, who is this guy? And I just went up and meet him. I was almost in tears. I have just gone, man, thank you so much. This is unbelievable. Why are you doing this? And he said, oh, well, we think we're big. But if the Catholic Church wakes up to evangelization, everything changes. From your perspective, what are some basic essentials in waking churches up to be effective in evangelization? I think like any kind of change in any organization, no matter the size, whether you're talking about a local church or a diocese or a regional church uh, or the church in a, in a nation, change happens gradually. That's what, that's almost like your, your starting principle is you're not going to wake everyone up. You're going to wake like a, a certain segment of people. Um, studies will say about 16%. And so I think the key is to is to find those that have that hunger and the willingness to say yes, to start this journey and invest disproportionately in those people and to help them in turn in their own churches invest disproportionately in evangelization and leadership because that's what makes the difference. And in time, if we, if we stay focused on working with these key people, they will begin to shift. The fruit will begin to speak for itself. And then uh, more people will become interested and it will happen organically. What happens in churches with attempts to bring pastoral change is we, the starting presumption is usually what sinks the whole plan because the starting presumption is, okay, everyone, we're all going to do this together. No, you're not. It's never going to happen. It doesn't work that way. So I think the key thing is to find uh, those with the hunger, those with the willingness, those that have the calling in their lives to lead this kind of change and kind of go off the map and be the ones who are actually going to pioneer and, and create the maps for others to follow behind. I know in Divine Renovation, you guys are unashamedly saying that Alpha is a brilliant tool and you recommend it really highly. You don't mind if people are using something else, but why is it so vital to have something that wakes us up to the power of the charisma and bringing people to an encounter with Christ? Well, you know, we've got these wonderful documents in, in, in the Catholic Church. I think of the document that was written when Pope Benedict was Pope by the Latin American bishops, and they said, without the charisma, people hearing the charisma and coming to conversion in the person of Jesus Christ, all of our other efforts are, they said, literally are condemned to sterility because hearts are not awakened to the Lord. I mean, this is, this is what Catholic bishops and popes are saying. In fact, they've been saying it for years, and we still, for the most part, don't change what we do. Uh, you know, we focus on the sacraments, and the, the sacraments are wonderful. They're gifts from the Lord, but if you're not evangelized, if you don't know the Lord in a personal way, if you haven't experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit and awakening of hunger for God's words, which in turn increases our hunger for, for the sacraments, it's not going to produce the fruit that it's meant to produce. So... Having a tool for evangelization is absolutely essential. And I mean, yeah, we're called to go out and make disciples to reach the unchurched people on the outside. But for many of our churches, uh, there is a lot of people in the inside that need to be caught for the Lord, need to be awakened. And that was my own journey. I mean, I was a 
when I was a teenager, yeah, I was young, but I mean, I, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, I went to church, but I never encountered Jesus in that deep personal way and experienced the, you know, as it says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God being poured into our hearts. And I think there's a lot of people in our churches, not just Catholic churches, but other churches who have not experienced that. And when that starts to happen, it changes everything. So the question is, what, as a church, what do you have where that kind of experience happens? Or what do you have going on in your church that you could invite uh, a non-churchgoer to, a non, someone who doesn't have faith, or an atheist even, or someone who's spiritually hungry? Often, as Catholics, we celebrate the fact that we've got this incredibly rich tradition, which we do. It's beautiful, but it's like, you know, someone who's only got a deep end in the swimming pool and you invite your neighbors over and some of them can't swim, well, guess what? They, they're not getting in the pool. So where's our shallow end? Where's the easy entry point? Most of our churches don't have it, and I think that's uh, out of obedience to Jesus, we've got to change that. Okay, it's time for a break, and we'll continue with Father James after that break, but as for now, here's some more great music for you. Need to breathe. And this song, Testify. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Let go. Give me your heart, give me your songs, 
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Welcome back and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. And in particular, welcome back to this really good conversation that we're having with Divine Renovation author, Father James Mullen. Father James, we've got a lot of listeners to this podcast and this program from a variety of churches, not just the, the Catholic Church, who I know you've encouraged and extolled to renewal for mission. I suppose in that context, what, what have we learned from various denominations about waking ourselves up to make the main thing the main thing? I guess in a sense, what have we learned from, from these other churches who really want us to succeed? Well, first of all, I just want to say uh, to all my brothers and sisters out there who are not from the, the Catholic tradition, thank you so much for your your love and your and your prayers. And and I know that as as you often say, it's it's a burden on many of your hearts to see the the sleeping giant awaken. And for myself as a priest, you know, I've I've just received so much. You know, the finding Alpha as a tool, of course, was through non-Catholic friends, and I've formed deep deep friendships with people across the world who are connected in with kind of world of alpha and those friendships are lifelong. Uh, we have received so much and out of using alpha, because here's the thing, if you start evangelizing and the Holy Spirit starts moving in your church, it's going to become chaotic. It's gonna, things are going to change and things are going to grow. And that forces you to grapple with leadership. And there's, this is another, another whole area where from a Catholic perspective, it, it's weak. We don't have much. And so I scrambled, even when I was a young priest, to find something on leadership. And I started reading books, and it was all books that came out of uh, people from non-Catholic backgrounds. And I learned so, so much. And so the learning is ongoing because, you know, for many of our Protestant brothers and sisters, and I know some of you don't even identify with the word Protestant. I know you're like, I'm not protesting anything. Uh, you know, But you come out of a revivalist tradition, right? Like, it, you know, whether you actually do it or not, you know that evangelization and mission are in your DNA. You know that you're supposed to. You know that that's who you are. Whereas the struggle for, struggle for many Catholics is we don't even know that's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, but it's in your DNA, and and you often have a beautiful theology, and you're, you're front runners in terms of best practices and learning things and, and constantly evaluating how are we doing and how is this culture changing, this very culture that we're called to lead. So thank you for taking the lead on this. And let's continue to discover, rediscover that we are, in fact, brothers and sisters. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And we are brothers and sisters. So thank you. Father James, one final question. Thanks for your time. To sum up, You've had a bit of time here in Australia with some amazing people supporting you and part of your team and, and giving talks and, and people from around Australia sharing their experiences too. What do you hope is the fruit that comes out of this conference for the, the church in, not just in Australia, but, but in Oceania? You know, whenever we do conferences, I always say to our team, you know, we can gather tonight and celebrate what happened, but we're not going to know what happened here until four, five, six months from now, a year from now. I think of yesterday when we had a time of prayer, calling on the Holy Spirit, and you could see that, that people were being touched. And, you you know, we heard today at Mass, but Bishop Michael Gillen talked about Jesus as, the, as the, card, the, the divine cardiologist who changes our hearts. We don't know what happened here. And I've met people over the years who said, you know, I was at this conference five years ago, the Lord touched my heart, and I've gone on to start this ministry and do this, and it's exploded. Like, So a conference like this is like taking a handful of stones and throwing them into a still lake, and you see these ripples just go right across. And so 
I know that's going to happen. What it will lead to, our prayer, our hope, is that the fruit of this will be incredible churches popping up, not popping up, <laughs> they grew slowly growing uh, throughout Australia and New Zealand, and churches that are living the very, the very values that we talk about so that they become churches that live out the Great Commission and that they become churches that inspire their neighboring churches because it's not like, you know, some church in a far-off land is doing this. It's happening in our very backyard. That's the mission of Divine Renovation is that it's happening in your own context here. Well, Father James, it's been just so fantastic to have a chat with you, and thanks so much for joining us on the journey. You're welcome, Jude. Thanks. God bless. After the break, we're going to be talking to Hugh Warmanhoven, who's going to be explaining to Max Norton all about Alpha's new online YouTube series for youth called Life Essentials. You're going to love it. First up, here's Jason Crabb and the song Free at Last. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on The Journey. I was a prisoner to myself I was the maker of my chains I was shackled by the things I thought I wanted I thought they made me free I didn't see their hold on me All along it was you I really wanted I've been safe Is my 
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Time again on the journey to talk to Hugh Wormenhoven from Alpha. Last time we spoke, Hugh, we were talking about that uh, survey into Gen Zers and some of the interesting uh, stats that it showed and the fact that, in fact, they were wanting to stick their hand up and have an encounter with Jesus, although some of them didn't quite know how to go about doing that. So what's Alpha actually doing to respond to that interesting information you discovered in that survey? You're right. The Open Generation Survey that's just been released with Barna and World Vision is so fascinating. And one of the stats from Barna that was released said that 75% of teenagers that were committed to their faith felt like they had a responsibility to tell others, tell other young people. What does that mean? Three out of four Christians who have had a personal encounter, a commitment to follow Jesus, want to tell their friends. Young people are already having faith conversations. What we wanted to do at Alpha is give them a tool, give them a resource, equip them to be able to effectively have those those faith conversations with their friends. And so I'm really excited to share that we've got a new resource that we've just launched, a completely Australian-made resource by Alpha called Life Essentials which you can probably tell it's got the same DNA as Alpha around this this element of connection and content, real-world content that brings a timeless message into their time that leads to a faith conversation. But what we wanted to do is almost take the leader, in inverted commas, out out of the picture and put the young person into the driving seat in sharing faith with their friends. So Life Essentials, short episodes, only 10 minutes long with one faith question at the very end, which young people themselves were seeing are using in schools, in parishes, and in a whole variety of situations, sporting clubs, cafes, everywhere around wherever their friends are to actually have these faith conversations. One of the big things we wanted to do with releasing Life Essentials was to also create an on-ramp or, or a little pathway into an alpha experience where they can genuinely explore big faith questions. We wanted to tackle some more of those life questions. So there's topics on belonging, there's topics on originals, which is around my own self-image and identity. There's one on stress, which goes goes off in exam time, I can tell you that. And there's a whole series of them that's just been released with more and more to come. So we're so excited, as we, especially as we come out of Easter and coming towards this incredible time in our church, to actually maybe give that resource to those young people to share their faith with their friends in a real, in a dynamic way. So a normal alpha course is like fairly structured in the fact that it's got a time frame. It's a, you know, regular commitment week after week to uh, come and share with other people, got a meal involved with it, etc. What's the structure of this? Is it is it more fluid or is it similar that it's got a, a multi-week approach? It's the same structure or DNA in the sense that you've got those three common elements, connection, content and conversation. The one big difference with Life Essentials as opposed to Alpha is your spot on, Max. Alpha builds on each question. Is there more to life than this? Into who is Jesus? Why did he die? Why and how can I have faith? And on. They build on each one. Life Essentials is just meant to be like a tool in the toolkit of a young person in their school or in their community. So when their friends ask a faith question and they might not have an answer, here's a video they can pull on straight away. It's not meant to build one on the other. It's more meant to be very topical to be able to respond to the questions that are raised right there and right then. So all a young person has to do is open up the alphayouth.io website 
all the resources available for free right there and then and they can just click on and have that faith conversation with their friends. And then down the bottom, there's a find an alpha tool. So if they want to continue to have those conversations, there's the invitation into a faith community or a school community or any other community that might be running alpha to be able to host those conversations again. Well, that's fantastic news from Alpha Hugh. Thanks for being part of the Journey Show this weekend. Thank you so much, Max. I can't wait to come back soon. Hi, I'm Anne from Darwin in the Northern Territory, and you're listening to The Journey.
great song to finish the show there. This is Amazing Grace from Phil Wickham. Before that, we heard from Hugh Warmanhoven, spoke about the Life Essentials series, which is now available from Alpha, particularly for Gen Z. It's been created by Alpha Youth Australia for young people to run with their friends. Don't forget, you can check that out at alpha1.io slash life dash essentials. Just look for Life Essentials on the Alpha website. It'll be easy to get to. Thanks so much to Father James Mallon. We've really enjoyed and been grateful for the opportunity to, to interview you for the journey. And, uh, and thanks, Father James, for all of your encouragement for the Australian Church recently at the Divine Renovation Australasian Conference. Hopefully you've got lots and lots of tools that you can pick up on from that interview. And don't forget to check out the Divine Renovation Australasian website. And of course, a number of books now that have been written just providing tools and learnings and experiences in the in the journey that they've been on for parish renewal, particularly for that parish renewal, which is really focused on making missionary disciples who in turn reach out to those who are disconnected from faith and who as yet have not been drawn into the life of the church. Really grateful to Father James. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, great to have her on the show. And thanks very much too to Father Mike Delaney who kicked us off at the beginning of the show with the gospel reflection for this week. Again, go to jcr.org.au. You can check out all of the input from today's show and previous shows, and you can just go to those interviews if you want to and have a look at them. All of that is freely available at our website, jcr.org.au. Drop us a line too if you want to check us out on Facebook. Just look for Journey Catholic Radio. Thanks to all of our radio stations who partner with us, who take the show each and every week. We're just honoured and privileged to be in some way, shape or form, assisting you in the incredible work that you do in bringing the joy of the gospel to the people in your region and your communities. We will be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Darawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.